Hello, fellow tiny human docs. We're really excited to welcome you to the 11th episode of Peds in a Pod. As always, we're your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. David Rayburn. And we're combined emergency medicine and pediatric residents at Indiana University. And this is our board review podcast focused on high-yield review topics for the pediatric boards. We follow the content outline and study recommendations set forth in the, by the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the general pediatrics board exam. On this episode, we're really excited to have Dr. Schneider come back with us. He is a uh, infectious disease fellow doing both adult and pediatrics, and he helped us previously with some worms. Uh, this time, we're going to be talking about malaria and parasites. We're also going to cover some allergy and immunology topics. And as requested by some of our pediatric residency colleagues, they are interested in eye topics. So we're going to use a little pun on A and D, do ID, get As it? As in ophthalmologic, it? it's, we're pretty good. Yeah, we, you know, we, we got this. Uh, and then we'll round it out with some cootie shots and milestones. To get you all up to date, we are approaching about 150,000 downloads, and we can't thank everyone enough for your continued support and listenership. Make sure you check out our Twitter at Peds in a Pod. We, uh, we're going to do better this month on our Twitter. We know we've been a little absent. Uh, we're going to totally, we're totally going to blame our children. Both David and I just had children, and so uh, we're both trying to like you know deal with this whole we have babies thing, and we're still in residency. So. Uh, we're going to do better. We apologize. <laughs> uh, we'll put pictures of our babies on Twitter as well as uh, there's going to be a lot of images from this episode um, based on the content, especially the eye stuff. So look for that as well. Um, as far as we started doing the intro a few episodes ago, sorry, we started doing a case with the intro a few episodes ago. And uh, I think keep rolling with that. So I'm going to talk about a case I had when I was on service uh, recently. I won't tell you what service because I don't want to ruin it, but let me just tell you and you see what you would do. Recently, I had a five-year-old who came in and he was playing basketball and he had a generalized tonic-clonic seizure lasting about five minutes. What do you want to do for this kid? What do you think's going on? What are our possibilities? Get an AccuCheck. Yes, absolutely. AccuCheck is 98. I always say ABC, DFG. So airway, breathing, circulation, DFG. Don't forget the glucose. Absolutely. Got to check the glucose, especially in a kid that's seizing. So we know that that's normal. There's no history of seizures, no really other pertinent history of and what else do you want to do to try and figure out what's going on with this kid? First time witness seizure. Hmm. Uh, is he still seizing? Uh, he has now stopped seizing. And it lasted how long? Like five minutes. So truly like almost like a status epilepticus kind of thing. Just about. So I'd probably at least check an ISTAT or a CBC and a BMP. I'd probably want a BMP. Um, it de would depend on if he came back to baseline, if I'd get imaging of his head or not. That's reasonable. What are you looking for on your BMP or your ISTAT? Some like kind of metabolic weirdness. We already know the glucose is normal, but I'd want like a sodium because sodium issues are common to cause uh, uh, seizures. So that's exactly. probably where I'd start. And a BMP will get you a calcium. And, you know, that's kind of, those are the, the big ones. Yeah, for sure. And in this kid... Uh, ding, ding, ding. His calcium was 5.5 and his iCal was 0.8. That's too low. 
That's not enough calcium. Turns out you need it to make your yep. brain work. Interesting. Exactly. So hypocalcemia is defined as a serum calcium less than 8.5 or an iCal less than one uh, millimole per milliliter. Uh, so he met the criteria on both. You know, other causes of metabolic seizure we talked about already, hypoglycemia, you said hyponatremia, uh, in, his, in his case, hypocalcemia. Uh, you can get some uh, disorders of the urea cycle and pyridoxine deficiency, but that's more in like the infant period. So really interesting case. Turns out that he has, uh, he had hypoparathyroidism, uh, which From went what? Un undiagnosed. That is still not clear, okay. um, but he had a low parathyroid, low calcium, high phosphate, which is by definition hypoparathyroidism. Other causes of hypocalcemia is you can have pseudo hypoparathyroidism, which is where you have the high PTH and low calcium because it's the end organ resistance. So it's like they don't um, have the right like receptors for the PTH, right? Yep. So the PTH is saying, hey, we need more calcium. And the receptor saying, well, I'm not going to give it to you because I don't recognize you. Got it. Uh, you can have low calcium and low phosphate, which is vitamin D deficiency. So like rickets. Exactly. DeGeorge. No thymus. So you don't get any calcium really at all because you don't exactly. have the, um, yeah, interesting. Okay. You and don't, these kids they don't can, have these the parathyroids, right? I think that's why they don't, the thymus is absent, but so is the parathyroids. And so, yeah, so they can have profound hypocalcemia. And then remember, uh, sorry, the other, the other ones are, uh, you like bad kidney disease. You have renal insufficiency. It messes with the calcium phosphate metabolism. Uh, and then nephrotic syndrome is another one. You just kind of are spilling everything, um, including your calcium that's bound to your albumin. Exactly. Nice. So, um, you know, we kind of skipped over how it typically presents hypocalcemia, uh, or in this case, it was a generalized seizure, but it's not always that serious. You can have, uh, the muscle spasms. Do you remember the signs that you checked? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to grade you on spelling or pronunciation. Okay. Well, there's the cheek one, which is yep. like chivastic or something like that. That's, like, pretty, I, that's pretty close. I'm going to give it to you. You like hit the cheek and it does it. And then there's yeah, like... You tap on the side of the cheek and you can get some spasm. Yeah. I've actually seen that in real life, by the way, on a patient uh, who had her th thyroid out and they got their the parathyroids on accident. Uh, and then the trosu sign, I just something like that. And that's the one where you inflate the blood pressure cuff and it makes your hand do like a little carpal spasm. Yeah. And I actually saw that one because, this, spoiler alert, this is when I was on the endocrine service. Oh. Um, we had a girl that came in with hypoglycemia or hypocalcemia as well. And I pumped up the blood pressure cuff and she just had that nice spasm in her hand. And I was like, everybody come look at this. <laughs> it's like diagnostic rounds for the med students. Exactly. Uh, other thing, you can get vomiting and then you can have prolonged QT um, with hypocalcemia as well. So in his case, hypoparathyroidism, we don't, we didn't have a cause. He ended up getting imaging and he had some periventricular calcifications as well. But really it's just initial treatment is calcium and vitamin D supplementation. If you can get them back to a safe range with that, then you're, you're good. Um, but there's also some recombinant parathyroid supplementation that if you have refractory hypocalcemia, uh, after, uh, that initial treatment, they can actually get like a synthetic parathyroid hormone as treatment. Hmm. Well, that's a very interesting case. I like well, it. Well, 
All right, let's take it away with episode 11. All right. As always, the thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Indiana University School of Medicine or IU Health or any of its affiliates. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately, the board exam content can lag behind some of this information. This podcast is focused on giving you the information relevant for the boards. We cannot cover everything, and this podcast is not all-inclusive, but we do hope you learned something that will help you on the boards. All right, now let's dive into this month's episode.